You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly series, Food for Thought, in which we unpack some of the big ideas about food in order to raise the conversation level and to stimulate lively discussions to find the way forward together. We'll be discussing studying food and nutrition in high school with Sarah O'Neill, recent graduate. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're really happy to have you. Sarah, how many food nutrition classes did you take during your time at high school? I took two. And what are some of the things that you studied when you were learning food nutrition while in high school? Well, the first one was grade nine. It was family studies. So it was just a bit about food and we did some other things. But during that time, we're focusing on healthy meals and as students, what we should be eating throughout school, because I know a lot of us were on budgets and that was a big thing, like budget wise. And then in my grade 11 course, it was just food. So we really focused on everything. However, Again, I was focusing on budgets and we didn't really get too much into nutrition, but it was focusing heavily on the budget and what we should be eating through high school and just little facts about food. So you had mentioned um, meal planning and budgeting. So that's something at the top of every student's mind and many families' minds these days. What were some of the tips that you learned about meal planning in terms of what makes a healthy meal or a balanced meal or just an overall healthy pattern of eating? For us, it was really important to write it out and then that way it'd be easier to see, okay, what is the budget? You can just write everything out, put numbers beside it. It's kind of like a little financial statement, but your food plan. For my teacher, she was really going over, you know what? I know your students. I want to make sure you guys are eating the right things, but again, you are students. So this is a budget. First things first, make a number, make a number that works for your budget. And then while you're picking out items, find things that are healthy and good for you. But while you're doing so, make sure you total up your numbers to make sure you stay within budget. When you go to the grocery store, make sure you take that list with you so you don't get distracted and buy other things. When we were making the meal plans, we also had to plan a lot of meals to go with whatever our grocery list looked like. So when I would come home, okay, I have this in the fridge. I know what's in my fridge. I know what I can make. And then just continue. You can change it up for the next week and very helpful making a list. So those are some really good tips. So stick to what's on your list and buy in the quantities that you need. So you were talking about an interval of every week so that things didn't have to be stored too long. You used things up while they were still fresh. So those were some really good ideas, but also you could start to look ahead and then decide, well, Tuesday, I think I want this. I'll eat this on the weekend. I know I'll be joining my friends on Saturday, so I don't need to prepare a lunch. So you can really start to organize and plan. And those sound like really fantastic tips. And certainly you've mentioned many times budgeting, which is a big tip for many people. So I'm sure your teacher must have talked about value. You had mentioned talking about foods that were good for you, but that also I think means value and not buying a lot of junk food, definitely tasty at times, but it's not something to include every day or an overall healthy pattern of eating. So what were some of the um, food groups that you studied while you were learning about the types of foods that you should buy for healthy eating every week? 
When I was in grade 11, I'm pretty sure they're in the process of kind of changing some things in the food guide. But for this class, we really focused on definitely meats, eggs, cheese, lots of dairy, so milk, and making sure you have lots of calcium, focusing on grains and lentils. I was really into chickpeas then, so I made sure that was on my list. Also fruits and vegetables. And my favorites are definitely blueberries, bananas. I love watermelon in the summer. And then raspberries. Those are my favorites. So those all sound like really, really wonderful things to eat. And you had mentioned Canada's food guide, and it's a great source of learning the way foods fit together. You know, foods really work as a team and we need our proteins, we need our fruits and vegetables, and we need our whole grains and other carbohydrates. So definitely, definitely something really important to learn at a high school level and really for all of us. And I would encourage anyone who hasn't read the Canada's food guide from the beginning to end to do so because it really is like a primer in nutrition. A lot of research goes into it, lots of information and some other tips too around getting enough water and uh, lots of other really, really great tips in terms of how to achieve variety and an overall healthy pattern of eating. So Sarah, we've talked a little bit about what you learned in terms of nutrition and the types of things that are helpful along with nutrition, like budgeting and getting enough variety. But you also must have had a lot of fun learning your way around the kitchen and learning food handling skills with your friends. Do you have a fun story about learning from your friends and with your friends in the kitchen? Well, I had this one friend, she was my best friend from elementary school, and we love to bake together. So this isn't necessarily healthy eating, but it definitely taught me about getting around the kitchen and learning about all the equipment and everything you need to make a dish. The main thing that I remember are making pancakes. It was a great way for me to learn about, okay, we have a pancake fryer, we have a pan, we have a spatula. You need to get all the ingredients out. You need to know, okay, what do I need to actually make this dish? Do we have butter? Do we have the right ingredients? And that was the first time I was really like, oh yeah, no, we need to make sure we have everything or else the dish isn't going to work out the peanut M&M pancakes. So that's the biggest memory I have about getting around the kitchen because we're so focused on making sure they were perfect and definitely delicious. And how interesting. I haven't heard of M&M pancakes. I've definitely heard of um, chocolate chip and blueberry and and many other flavors. So you were able to be creative and add your own flair and touch to your recipes once you got going and learned a lot of really helpful skills while you were at it. That sounds like a lot of fun. So lots to learn in high school foods and nutrition for those of you taking the electives. And we'll talk more after the break about what's planned potentially in Canada in the school food program. And certainly this year, starting September 2022, right now, uh, all students from grade one to eight and high school grade nine students in science are going to be taking food literacy and food system skills. So that's really, 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 it's something that we can all look forward to and a real um, shout out to our governments who are working hard to make sure that everyone has the skills to help themselves and take care of uh, health long-term from what they're going to learn in Ontario schools. Sarah, you just started university. What food nutrition skills that you learned in high school are really helpful to you now? You know what, when starting university, it's great going out and meeting new people, maybe grabbing some lunch and going to grab a cup of coffee or whatever your preferred drink is. However, when you're out and about, it's good to focus on not just your meal budget, but your meal plan, because sometimes you can really go, okay, well, guess what? I didn't follow my meal plan last week. I possibly went out with my friends every day for lunch. And that's definitely not cost friendly. Try packing a lunch and bringing it to school and you guys could sit outside, maybe have a picnic or 
you could go to each other's homes and make your own lunches because it definitely adds up eating out every day. So I think obviously go out with your friends and it's great to meet people. And that's a great part of university, but try to stay cost efficient. and remember that budget you had originally. Wonderful, Sarah. Those are some really, really good tips. And it sounds like you had a lot of fun learning about foods and nutrition in high school in your grade nine class and your grade 11 class in the school board that you were in. I know many school boards across the province have different ways that students can access good food, nutrition, um, education. And there's lots to look forward to in school food programming and in food literacy. Thank you very much, Sarah, for sharing your stories and all the fun that you had in high school and acquiring lots of food skills. And after the break, we're going to find out more talking with you, Sarah O'Neill, a recent graduate about studying food and nutrition in Ontario and Canadian schools. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking with Sarah O'Neill, recent graduate about studying foods and nutrition at high school. Sarah, right now, I'm sure that you've heard the Canadian government is working on a national school food program, which includes food literacy, meaning education across Canadian schools. There's more to that program, but that's just one part of it. And starting this year in Ontario, students from grades one to eight and in grade nine science are going to learn about food system sustainability and a whole lot more. What advice do you have for teachers who are going to be teaching the food literacy programs in Ontario schools this year? I think for the teachers teaching grade one to eight and grade nine, they should really focus on a hands-on environment and making sure the students really get to see so much. The teachers can be focused on maybe making a lunch every once in a while. That doesn't have to be the whole program. I think that'll be a great way. And then they'll just be familiar with the kitchen. I think it will get the kids excited to be hands-on. It won't just be, okay, it's more science. They'll enjoy foods class. And then once they get to high school or possibly post-secondary, they'll be like, hey, you know what? I'm really interested in food. They make food exciting. I think it'll really impact their future and help them lifelong with their food skill. Also, it's good to focus on where the food comes from. So you can look at farmers and what they're up to. You could show different fields, like a cornfield, or you could look at a dairy farm. You could look at maybe do a field trip to a cheese factory. That would be very exciting. We could also focus on markets and grocery stores. So possibly we could do once a year, a trip to the local market where you could see all that fresh um, local seasonal fruit and vegetables. Reminding us all that hands-on learning and things that you can see and touch and observe and be part of are really, really, really important parts of learning. And it sounds like you appreciated that when you were studying in school. So I know many teachers will already have a lot of exciting activities planned just in the way that you had mentioned, Sarah. And I'm wondering, Sarah, do you have any advice for students who are going to be learning about food in grades one to eight and grade nine science? There's a lot to learn about food, but from grades one to eight and grade nine, I really think they should just have fun with it and be eager to learn and it will be helpful for them. It'll be helpful information lifelong. Like it's important. It's good stuff to know. Wonderful. Well, that's a good tip. And uh, this show, Sarah, is called Food for the Future. And how can households and families help support students who are going to be studying foods and nutrition in school for a brighter future? I think households can help support students by 
trying new things, have them help them in the kitchen. I think that will and I'm excited. And if you're trying new dishes, that will be encouraging for them. They'll be excited to, hey, what are we cooking today? So I think it goes back to the hands-on. Just try to bring the students in to the kitchen and get them excited by trying new things. So really good ideas. So trying new things in terms of new foods, and there's all kinds of wonderful cultures in Canada. Um, our neighbors, our friends, our classmates sitting beside us, we're seeing maybe the way that food is eaten differently than what we might be used to. You had mentioned earlier in the show, chickpeas, there's all kinds of things to do with that. And that's only one example. There's many, many, many things that we can try that are new foods. I can remember when I was in high school, um, foods and nutrition classes, the very first time back then, and I won't say how long ago that was the first time I saw an avocado, the first time I saw a kiwi and they're everywhere now, but I tried those new things in my, um, foods and nutrition class in high school. And there's so many more things in the grocery store to try, but also trying new things you had mentioned helping out in the kitchen. So whether that's making muffins or cookies or something else, um, and all kinds of things that are even clean up. So how to do the dishes, how to store food, all sorts of great things that uh, households and families can help with as students are starting to learn food skills across Ontario in grades one to eight and all the Canadian students who are looking forward to what the Canadian government will announce in the school food program. On this show, Sarah, we add the humanities. So philosophy, history, creativity to today's food dialogue. How can these approaches apply to learning about nutrition and food systems in school? Well, just like really any other subject like science or math, it has its history. And same with food for the longest people have been focusing on the history of food. You can look at what was the history of making bread? Look at all the agriculture, technology, what what foods were grown in your area. I think food can be an art, especially if you watch some shows, you can definitely see it. it really is an art. So I think food still can be creative on a daily basis. How do you view food? So people, for the most part, know what to them looks like a healthy diet. But for many people, they just kind of food is food. It can be much more than that. And there's a lot behind the scenes. And it's so much more than just here's a plate of food. It's nutritious. It brings happiness. It brings joy. It's you learn throughout creating. Okay. So lots of um, random things to think about food. And you had mentioned food history. So where family favorites come from, what's going on in a geographic area. You mentioned many creative ways on, on YouTube or other television shows that we see all kinds of incredibly artistic ways to handle food and, and philosophy. You had said it brings happiness and joy. And there's many ways that we can connect socially and individually with food. So those are fantastic um, ideas about food and how it fits into the humanities. Sarah, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Definitely. I really think people should be excited to learn about food. And I want people to get excited about their meals and enjoy every bite. That's great, Sarah. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences learning about nutrition and food in high school today. And we're really fortunate in Ontario to have a food li- have food literacy as part of our Ontario education. And we all look forward to hearing more about Canada's school food program. So thank you very much for being with us today, Sarah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. It was our sincere pleasure, Sarah. 
Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Sarah O'Neill, recent graduate about studying food and nutrition in high school and about recent curriculum changes in Ontario to include food literacy in schools and across Canada. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how could you support school food nutrition education program? Something to do, search Sustain Ontario Food Literacy to find resources and more about what's planned for Ontario schools. Next week on the show is Waste Not. We'll be discussing the United Nations International Day of Awareness of Food Loss and Waste. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.